This is a HeadGum Podcast. Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, is a podcast where comedian Michael Ornelas is traveling the country, eating at all chain restaurants in search of the perfectly average 5.0 out of 10 dining experience. The objective middle threshold of where bad becomes good. Friend of the Doughboys, Marissa Pinson and John Glover were the most recent guests as they reviewed Costco's Food Court. It's a two-part episode that covers everything from discontinued menu items to how many Costco hot dogs they could fit in their mouths. Damn, I wish I was on that episode. I'd crush that. Head over to linktree.com slash fine dining podcast, F-I-N-E-D-I-N-I-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, and click B's giveaway to enter a giveaway for an all expenses paid trip to your local Applebee's, the current front runner for the most mediocre restaurant in America at 5.02 out of 10 for you and up to three of your friends. And you could watch or listen to fine dining on your platform of choice while you're there. Enter by May 1st and the winner will be announced on the May 8th episode. Disclaimer, $50 will be provided for transportation along with a $200 Applebee gift card. I love doing those fast read disclaimer things. Go give fine dining a listen. The search for the most mediocre restaurant in America. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Let's talk about sex. Guys, remember the days when you're always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence to bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. Take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part? It's all online. No visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. Uh, does it work? Don't think you need it? Try it for a month and see. I, I think you're going to like it. You could be missing out on some of the best sex of your life. Who knows? Uh, I think you're going to like it is a, a fun way to talk about this. <laughs> um, so you want to give a good first and lasting impression. So maybe don't be too afraid of the old Blue Chew. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at BlueChew.com. Chew it and do it. We're chewing it and doing it. We're chewing it and chewing it and chewing it well. We're doing it. and Okay, maybe they don't want me singing unlicensed music, but we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code MIGHTY at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code MIGHTY to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. What's up, shitheads? Welcome back to another episode of High and Mighty. It's me, your boy, the number one fuckboy, Johnny G from the South Shore of Nassau County, Long Island, standing six foot two, 295 pounds. That's right, he's under 300 pounds. January monk mode is working on him. It's John Gabris. All you got to do is trust me. Jackson, Maine from A Star is Born. I thought we were getting rid of you. Abortion is health care. Oh, that's why we keep you around. I agree with you, Jackson, Maine. 
Also joining me in the Hide Mighty Studios, my nearly silent co-host, Arthur Gabris. Arthur, give him a shout-out. Arthur is actually in studio for uh, weekly listeners. You know, he's usually hanging out. But my wife now has her own studio space, so he's sitting behind me. Not on the couch anymore, though, because he pisses and kind of nugs the couch frequently now in his old age. So he's on his own dog bed. This is way too much information for you guys. And enough about my dog. Also joining me in the High Mighty Studios, first time guest, the host of Out of the Closet Sports, it's Zachary Booth. <laughs> yes. Is there any way that you could just be in my bedroom every morning when I wake up and give me that introduction? There is one way, Zachary, but I think it'll be <laughs> complex for both of us. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure your, your wife might have some objections, but... You know. She wouldn't have too many questions. Some of her theories would be proven correct, but... Other- <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the dog would be thrilled. Oh, Arthur would love... He would hate... He would miss the fact that I heat up a spot on the bed for him. The second I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or anything, he's instantly in my spot, just like yeah. riding my butt heat. And like he's like, oh, this is the most cozy spot in the bed. I'm like... You fucking prick. I need to go there. <laughs> Same thing with Theo. Anytime I move in our bed at any point in the night, he just nestles. It's like right between my legs or right up against my back. And now he's got this thing where he, it, it's not vicious, but it sounds like he's a velociraptor, like the sounds that he makes. So if I move then near him, he's just like, rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> and that'll, 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 that'll pop you awake here and something yeah. that'll get you out of a uh, rim and in, in a heartbeat here and something oh, certainly, like that. Certainly. Um, he, he's a, he's a bit of an old man. So he's, it's a little hard for him to go from laying to standing on like the softness of the bed. It's like hard on his legs. So okay. he's kind of, once he's on his laying on his side, he's kind of like stuck there. He doesn't really adjust too much. And what will happen is I'll roll over on my side, like towards the edge of the bed. And because of my size, I will create a little ramp in the bed. Like I will be pushing down my, and he'll like <laughs> roll down it and I'll feel him like hit my back. And because of where he is and how I am, I actually can't do anything. Like, I can't go back because I'll crush him. And I can't, with my arms, reach him and move him. And he can't stand up and move over. So I literally have to, like, wake up, stand up, pick him up, like, forklift style, and move him, like, over a foot to just get back into bed. And the frequency in which I do this, rather than, like, we're in too deep to have trained him not to be in bed with us. Like where this is, he's 14 and a half. God knows how long, much longer he's with us, but he's not going to be not in the bed. There's no way we can do it now. So now I've like completely, uh, and every, every time, every day there's like a new study about how like sleep will keep you alive. And if you get bad sleep, you'll die and have cancer or whatever. And I'm like, every night I'm in the middle of the night. I'm like, please move over your fucking 20 pounds and you're ruining my fucking life. And I'm like, he's going to be my cause of death. He's going to outlive me as a senior dog because he's got me up all fucking night. Yeah, we lost the battle, too. I think at, at, at when my partner had our dog first, and so I think he had just become accustomed to sleeping in the bed. And then when, when I showed up, he sits, like, if I'm sitting, he sits on my legs. And if I'm sleeping, he likes to sleep on top of my legs. And, of course, like, what the internet tells you is it's because he thinks he owns you. Right. You know, so like, <laughs> like my partner is obviously like the the, the alpha to this dog and right. you're his like, dog yeah <laughs> you're, i'm you're... his dog or at best <laughs> like on a good day i'm part of the pack 
Right. You, you know? are a fellow and, dog in Theo's yeah. mind. Like, yeah, you and, and I so, better. Hey, uh, dad, the pack leader says it's time to eat uh, eat yeah. dinner if you're hungry. You're like, hey, what the fuck, man? I he made dinner. He does wait, too. He <laughs> waits for us to eat. Like, he's a he grazes. I don't know. That's like a thing, you know, whatever. Yeah. All the dog lingo is now infected my vocabulary. But he's a grazer. We don't, like, give him food once a day. He just has the food. Right. But he, he won't touch it. Like, he'll touch one or two pieces here and there and play with them like a psycho. But he waits until I eat or or my partner eats, and then he just goes to town on his food. So he really is like connect. Like he does think that we're all giant, some giant unit. That's something. That's something I think you hear about. Like uh, they won't eat till the pack leader eats. He won't eat until we get back from somewhere, and we learn from some dog, or we heard from some dog behavioral person that it's like. There's a little element of him that's like, if they don't come back, I better make sure I have. They're the people who give me food. Like I shouldn't. Oh, that's eat this. that's just, smart. I know, and I'm like, that's really smart, and also depressing. I'm like, Dad went out for cigarettes and never refilled my bowl or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really. That's actually a lot more intelligent than I ever would have given him credit for. Yeah. So, hey, that's great. Good for them. Every once in a while, my wife will be like, uh, "What? What is Ar- What is Arthur up to?" And I'll be like. Keep in mind, his brain is the size of a ping pong ball, like inside his little skull. Like he's like, we can't fully understand. Like he's not, we're projecting way too much human thought and emotion on the dog currently. It's like, I think he's a little embarrassed because he farted. It's like, I don't, does he know embarrassment? Like, I'm not sure. But then he'll like (laughs) go to jump up on the couch and like wipe out a little. And then you look at him and he's like, he's got like a weird posture, like, oops. And I'm like. Maybe he does feel shame. Not that I want him to, but that is Certainly a sign not. of like a complex uh, organism. I I think my dog outthinks me on a, <laughs> on a regular basis, and mostly it is surrounding the bed, and it's a little embarrassing. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna come clean to you. You know, now that we've known each other four and a half minutes or whatever it is, I think I can reveal my deepest darkest secret. I'm being bullied am, by my dog. Yeah, I'm getting outsmarted by my dog because I I. I advocated for a while. I was like, we got to get the dog out of the bed. It's just not like I'm the one that he sleeps on top of. I'm the one that he thinks he owns. I'm the one that's getting (laughs) bitten in the middle of the night. Like, let's, you know, let's move on. And so we started to get him off the bed. And and then, of course, like that whole situation fell apart. But now he does like he'll hang out at first and then he'll get off the bed. And like, it's like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to let them think I'm not going to be sleeping up there. And then like half an hour after I pass out, like when I wake up in the morning, he's there again. And then a few minutes after I wake up, if I move around a little bit, like he'll get off for a few minutes, you know, but he's like, yeah, they probably don't know. I'm sleeping up there all the time. Idiots, stupid people. I lull him into a sense of complacency and then I win. (laughs) <laughs> like yeah, all right exactly. theo <laughs> what is you find like weird blueprints of his like he's got like little plans with like strings attached and shit like a schedule like, yeah. he's like up, he's... tall human does this at three yeah. <laughs> like black and white photos of you and shit like you're under surveillance and shit. <laughs> he ties a bell to my toe to make sure i don't move in the night and the second he hears it he's like time to get down so God, it's he's first thing in me. the morning i better walk zachary come on let's yeah. go bud you're like huh exactly. <laughs> We have one of those, you know, the talking buttons. Yes, you did you do, do you, that? Okay, well, no, I didn't do it like the internet did it, where they're like, "You stupid bitch," yeah. or "Slut, slut, Feed me, fuck you, dumpster, yeah, yeah. <laughs> feed me, jerk, I hate you." Like, I, I don't know what's going on in those videos. You can't trust the internet. We have a outside button that, like, if I 
if I lead him to it, he'll push it. And then we go outside. I'm not really sure it's it's doing anything. Like, I don't think it's enhancing <laughs> his life. And it's certainly not, like, making it any easier for us. Like, he isn't, he isn't preemptively giving us the outside. Right. He, like, he, he'll hit it. Now he knows it's there and he knows he's going to hit it before he goes outside. But I have to be like, Theo, you want to go outside? And then he's like, runs over and hits the button. And I'm like, well, yeah, you were going to go out either way. So I don't know how we progressed from here. If you have any suggestions, I, you know, I'd be, I'd be happy to hear yeah, that. Yeah. I don't, that's a great question. I'm sure there's something like you got to go like the traditional conditioning route of like tap it when, make him tap it whenever he wants to go outside. And then when you feel the vibe that he wants to go outside, be like, well, what do we do here, Theo? Remember, tap the button. <laughs> but then you're like, what am I, like, he's got to go outside a few times a day. That's just part of the job, right? And you're like, yeah. now I got to wait for him to like verbalize it like this boy yeah. like, <laughs> and then i wonder if like i'm gone you know if we're not here all, uh, during the day and like, your neighbor wonder, just hears outside outside yeah, outside he's like yeah. help me please <laughs> i'm learning <laughs> have you seen those videos though the people like that have like six or seven buttons set up for their dog and they're having these full interactive Treat. conversations Treat. with them no yeah. and then the dog hits like yes yes yeah. <laughs> i just i really don't buy it there's some that are like they can sense your sickness and it's like okay okay sick sick sad like i I, no it's just it's not what i've seen not any dog i've seen no it's a bummer is that you can't fully trust everything now i do believe there are dogs that can like sense when an epileptic fit is coming on and it's it's not like magic intuition it's like their heightened senses of like their body language change or the scent they're revealing change. Like I get that there are bloodhounds that can find bed bugs. Like I believe all that stuff. And I believe a dog can learn that when I push this button, everyone gets happy. Do I understand that I'm saying like, imagine Shrek naked? No, I just know (laughs) I'm pushing the button that makes all the, uh, all the humans uh, giggle and laugh and get excited or give me, like, I don't think they understand like the, and Every dog owner you talk to will tell you how smart and how different, how human-like their dog is, right? Like that's it can't. I believe it because I feel the same way about art, but that's just not universally true. Like that's just us all projecting. Like it is a that is a person. (laughs) Like yeah, it is a tiny furry person. Yeah. If I stared at a rock for hours on end every day and talked to it about all of its important bodily functions, you know, I might start to think that that rock had a personality. If I just kept going to the rock, what's wrong, baby? Tell me. What's wrong, baby? Tell me. You want to go you outside? Sad. Yeah, you want to go out to pick up a rock, throw it in the yard. He's having yeah. a blast out there. It's time for him to come in. It's getting cold. If you're cold, the rocks are cold. Uh, transition from dogs to gay sports i don't even have like a segue that i could rip there but yeah no I, I i'm just picturing like a greyhound racing on a track i mean that is a, a pretty that's gay t- yeah, sporty that's image a, that's, that is that's the best i can do there's just something about greyhounds being so like regal and lithe that give them off like that give them a sort of like gay male vibe you know like oh, a traditional certainly. like oh it's got gams this thing oh it's kind of yeah. ripped its coat is gorgeous it has like yeah. a little bit of like a um, diva uh, mentality to it. Uh, I when you pitched the idea of talking about, I saw the name of your podcast was Out of the Closet Sports. This is something that's been on my mind like weirdly a lot because I'm 42. 
I grew up in the 80s and 90s in sort of like jock culture on Long Island where, weirdly enough, somehow gay and sports were antithetical to each other. Entirely. And then when I got to be in my 20s living in New York City and, and competing still in like playing club rugby and, uh, you know, doing sports, I was starting to be like, first of all, by the classic mouth breather 90s mentality of what was gay, <laughs> sports is very gay. Like, just like the fact that it's like, dude, no chicks is like already we're setting up like a sort of. And then as I like, I'm like, wait, there's no way. There's no way every single person that plays this sport, just pure numbers, is straight. It just can't happen. And then when you live in Manhattan, you meet the gay rugby team, and you're like, there's enough gay people in Manhattan that also the Venn diagram of also play rugby. And then you meet, like, perfect conversation I had with my dad in, like, 08, who is an older high school dropout. Uh, he's older. My dad was older than me, uh, surprising everyone. Uh, <laughs> wow, that is a, such a unique experience you <laughs> right? had. I know it's just a way kind of affected how I was brought up. You know, having a dad who was older than me. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, you had to go through that. <laughs> yeah, it was diff- It was a weird. I was a, we, such a weirdo at school. Uh, <laughs> but I found out that the, the Gotham Knights is the name of the gay rugby team in New York, and there's also oh, like yeah. a high level gay rugby team in San Francisco called the All Pinks, and they, in reference to like the New Zealand team, is called the All Blacks. And they're yeah, really yeah. and they're really good. And I was telling my dad this story, and he's like, "Can you imagine a bunch of gay guys playing rugby? That must be so." And I was like, "Wait, no, Dad. It's in '09. Like, if you should go to like a gym in Chelsea and see what gay dudes look like now, they don't look like the thing you're thinking of. They don't yeah. look like um, what's his Hollywood from uh, <laughs> from Mannequin. Like, <laughs> the, like gay guys. Some do. Some still do. That style's sure. still strong." But yes. there are gay like guys who look like bodybuilders and powerlifters and linebackers and wide receivers. And I'm like, look at the guys on this team. Those two guys, they're gay. They make me look like a t- – and the bear community is blossoming at this time. I'm like, the guys who look like professional wrestlers, the hairy, beefy dudes with huge beards and big muscles, those guys are gay too, Dad. And like it like blew his mind. He was like – I'm like, yeah, it's – it's gotten so <laughs> – big and accept it's such a, a bigger culture now that there's more than one way to identify yourself i'm telling shit no of course everybody knows but to go through that process in my 20s i was like this my whole childhood everything was like sports is manly and and not doing sports is gay and you know and like i'm from the era and the kind of family that like the fact that i like liked movies so much made me like the gay one in my family <laughs> it's like yeah. that was enough and it's like my cousin who wanted to be a history professor everyone was like oh, he, God, he's gay i'm like him. he's married to a woman she has short hair he's in and like to explain like short-haired women like i'm like why am i talking to you about this uncle jimmy like this makes no yeah. fucking sense yeah, let, let me blow your mind, Uncle Jimmy. Let me take you. Let me take you out to the rugby pitch and blow your mind. No, dude, I, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a Westchester kid. Like I grew, I was born in '82, and I grew up in Westchester. I mean, our bubbles were very similar, very yeah. close yeah. to each other. Where, you know? uh, my wife's from Westchester. She went to Hen Hud in Croton. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. from Irvington, which is like uh, halfway between Manhattan and Croton. Yeah, I'm familiar. So I, a... I commuted uh, on the uh, Metro North from Poughkeepsie to Manhattan for my internship. So I know oh, all the stops. It's a good train. <laughs> it's a great train ride. 
read a know, lot of books. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, man, I grew up in that that same you know culture, and I I don't think it's like a super unique thing, but it, it is uh it is interesting that we have like that much of an intersection. I mean, I I did not expect like the the, the way yeah to me jocks and gays were about as like far apart as you could possibly get, and right. like your entire last monologue which was great was like tickling me inside because that is literally you just gave like a recap of the entire first season of out of the closet sports because <laughs> that is like I, I didn't really know where we were going with it and it really became more of just a conversation about like how sports are so gay and like finding gay people that like sports is so hard. Finding gay people that are are engaged in sports can be so challenging. But then once you do it, there's like there it's seemingly like once you pull back and look and they're everywhere. You yeah, know, it feels and, like and our, they were like perp gay people were purposefully excluded from fandom kind of by the toxic heterosexuality energy around it. But once yeah. that barrier has been broken down, it's like you can be a Clippers fan. Yeah, anyone can be a Clippers fan. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just such yeah. a, it's such a obvious thing of like, oh yeah, no shit. But for the longest time, it was like, you know, it was crazy when you would meet like a girl that liked football. Like you'd be like, yeah. that's. And now it's like, you go to the bar and there's twenty chicks in Patriots jerseys watching. I'm saying chicks in twenty. 24 also so you can tell what kind of guy i am <laughs> yeah you'll pay for that one way or another yeah, i'm getting pepper sprayed but, tonight yeah exactly no they're like you know you if you if you look at it in terms of like uh okay so let's take like the you know the hottest guy in the senior class and we're gonna take the burliest burliest dude in the senior class and they're gonna get out on the field and both of them are gonna put on spandex pants and like a tight fitting shirt and then and then the burly guy's gonna bend over and grab a ball, and then the hot, you know, hero hunk Ken doll guy is gonna tap him on the taint until he <laughs> passes him the ball. Yo, but keep that gay stuff out of yeah, here, guys, man. None of this Yo, gay shit. Everyone in the locker room hogs out going like Yo. good thing none of us are gay, huh, bro? Yeah. So like high fiving <laughs> each other and shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it just it like it really blew my mind like i i started playing uh uh in a in a gay softball league my the the guy that i started the the podcast with he was uh, at one point played with gotham knights oh he, cool he was a, a big a big rugby player they played uh football you know they, they were big athlete you know really into that and and at some point their husband had been playing in uh the big apple softball league which is the you know new york uh queer softball league and so i had gone to some of their games and i was like yeah not really for me but then in 2019 i was sort of going through something i probably went through a breakup and was feeling a little lonely right let me go check this out and like every saturday on randall's island in manhattan in the summer and into the fall you go out there and there are like hundreds and hundreds of gay people running around playing softball like the league is gigantic and it encompasses like all genders and sexual identities and like there's a ton of straight people that play in the league because they've started to discover that it, it that the energy is a lot less toxic right and know? also that's like the power of new york city in, the, in its great yeah. way too it's like you know like i played on uh, a rugby team that was like one of my most 
weirdly diverse experiences in life because it's just like what we had in common is that we were New Yorkers who wanted to play rugby. There was a couple yeah. of gay guys who wanted to be on a slightly more competitive team than yeah. um, the Gotham Knights. There was, you know, a Colombian guy who played rugby in Colombia, a, a bunch of Brits, a bunch of Aussies. And it was just like all this group of people. I'm like, oh, yeah, if you switch the umbrella to just people who want to play softball and you put yeah. that umbrella over the island of Manhattan or the five boroughs, you're going to get a couple of hardcore firefighter, straight mouth breathing bros. But you're going to get a ton of bartenders, a ton like of all the ilks of people that live in Manhattan. You're going to end up. So no matter. And then like you call it's a queer softball league is going to cast that huge umbrella too, to an also point where it's like, well, I'm one of those straight guys that has my wife worked in marketing forever and not to profile or stereotype gay men, but that's a gay male heavy like so many of my friends are gay adult men that to the point where i find myself at the straight guy at gay events like and yeah, like good you should feel that way you should feel like the outcast yeah it feels great it feels, <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> as a as a, a big hairy bearded guy it feels great uh, <laughs> but like if i played softball and these guys all played they're like Gabriel's want to be on my softball team. I, you know, to me now, it wouldn't be like the gay softball league. It would just be like, I play softball with my friends. And like, that's such a, yeah. that's such a cool thing. And like, I'm, I'm, I'm rambling here a little, but like, I know that the gay community speaks so much of like found family. And if that's yeah. not like found team is not like an extension of that, that is like something that's, and especially like, if you're an older gay person, like it wasn't that easy to find a sports team 10 years ago, 20 years ago, like, like it, you know, it had to be a little more difficult. So like, that's, that's so beautiful. I'm so happy that we're get like that, that exists now. And, like in the same blow up of like women's sports in general, it's like, like everyone who wants to play something should have an opportunity. And if now with the communication methods that are available, it's like, Hey, how many gay people do, how many people who identify as, uh, you know, across this spectrum want to play softball and 500 hands go up. You're like, well, fuck, we have, we have a plan. We have a league. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it's, it's uh, it's super, super popular. And like the guys that, that started this league in New York, like they taught, they, some of them still play there and they're like seventies and eighties and like they manage or they, you know, they'll like pinch hit from time to time. They like hang out on the bench and they coach us, you know, and they're, they talk about how in the beginning, like it was an act of protest, you know, right. like they, they were really out there because the games used to be, you know, in, in central park and uh, you know, before those fields were so like hard to get a hold of, you know, right. Right. Um, because there are so many sports leagues now anyway. So everybody's bidding for these fields, but yeah, these guys were out there, you know, playing softball together in Central Park. And it, to them, it was an act of protest. It was like, yeah, we're we're openly queer. We're out here. We're playing sports. And, you know, people don't, people don't like it. People may not like it. The funniest thing for me is the uh, the umps. Like the umps that we get. It's not like we get like special gay umps. Right. And that is the place where I really am just like, wow, like there is so much room for progress, like one human at a time, because these are just the guys that ump that would ump games. They, they're from the Bronx. They're from Staten Island. Yeah. They're here to whatever. They're like I make they're a little like, money yeah, on the yeah. weekends umping games. It's like I got the gay league. Give me ninety dollars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like he doesn't <laughs> care that the dude has like fairy wings on or like is wearing a unicorn hat or, you know, like it's a strike. Like, I'm sorry. I don't care what. Yeah. You, I, I, oh, I apologize. <laughs> exactly. They struck out you know like. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well and, and and he's got to get that right you yeah know? that's so amazing that's a 
that that reminds me just a funny detail someone once told me uh the cameramen for the daily show because it's like a yeah. new york union studio job these are all yeah. guys who are trump voters more or less and yeah. like, but they're just like yeah i don't fucking agree with this john stewart guy at all but hey you know i get fucking yeah. uh, union rates all week long i work four days a week i can't complain you know and it's yeah, like exactly you just get and, caught you know, up maybe... in this world and you're like oh right not everyone who is involved the guy who's you know lying in the baseball pitch isn't like a queer icon necessarily like that's the person who works <laughs> at randall's park yeah 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 he's just trying to get paid and you know he's probably he he probably has an experience while he's there that maybe changes his outlook on the world who knows you know but like sometimes you just want to go and play sports and it's not that deep right <laughs> yeah like, sometimes you just want to get together you know with your friends and i think like that's the other side of it that's the that's the side of it that like that's that's something that can help, I think, diffuse some of the toxicity and like some of the stuff, I, you know, whatever. I was a kid. Like I was such a homophobic kid. I was like that. I was the guy calling you the F word. Like I was just wow, like, yeah. I, I had the insecurities. So I was just going to lead with confidence and aggression. You know, I was like funny. I got along with people. I had a hot sister. My brother played football. Like people were going to be nice to me, right. you know? And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to just be you know, a powerhouse, whatever, no one's going to see inside my secrets. So I was out there, you know, saying that stuff left and right. But I think really, like, what what that sort of, like, straight sport community needs to understand is that people just want to play sports, you know? Right. Like, that's just what they want to do. They just want to be a part of it. And they don't want to be excluded. And they don't want to be bullied. They just want to feel like they're welcome, you know? Right. And, like... Not for nothing, like, you guys are sitting there and all you want to talk about is, like, you know, tits and ass, you know, like, you're just like, oh, harsh, so hot, whatever, da, da, da. Okay, well, we're also human beings, right? you know, right. so, like, we're going to talk about your ass, too. <laughs> right. But, like, that's that's actually not a threat to your, you know, that's not a threat to your masculinity. And if you believe that is, then maybe you shouldn't be talking about a woman's <laughs> ass either because then you're threatening yeah. her. Like, if, exactly. if you, like, it's, you know... Six and one, half a dozen of the other. Guys. I know. Now it sounds like I'm advocating for sexual harassment. Yeah, it's like everyone I came on your should be podcast. able to say whatever they want about Hold on. <laughs> We should be able to harass each other is what I'm trying Just to say. Just a little, you know? Hey, it's sports, <laughs> baby. Yeah. yeah. No, we should all be a little more respectful of each other's bodies. But I just mean in the sense, right, that they're so, you're so threatened. They get so sensitive. Yeah. They're just like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Well, nothing, nothing is going to happen to you. And I like, think no, that's what, like people must have seen by now you know what i mean yeah. like there must be a large swath of people who are like i actually had two gays gay guys on my high school soccer team and it was not unusual like it, yeah. they were just like the rest of us one of them was good at soccer one of them wasn't like that well, you, had, you had nothing to about, do with them being gay right yeah exactly <laughs> you talked about the numbers earlier and just like if if, if we're gonna look you know there was a, a coach in the NFL this year who came out is like a strength and conditioning coach. I think he's on the, I want to say he's on the, uh, Jacksonville place, uh, works for Jacksonville. Kevin Maxson, I think his name is. And he's like the first male identifying like NFL coach to come out of the closet. Right. Like just think how many like thousands and like, I think right now there isn't an out male identifying athlete in professional sports in the United States. There was one guy left on the soccer team in San Diego, but I think that soccer team went under for some reason. Right. So he hasn't popped up on a new team yet. But you're like, yeah, no, sorry. Like, that's just not possible. Just pure 
probability, pure numbers yeah. game. There's no way every single one of those persons enjoy yeah. like is a heterosexual male. Like us it's just, two scientists here. Trust us. We did, I did. We, we did crunched the, math. the numbers. Yeah, I was sitting back there and I was. I had my calculator out. My TI eighty nine. What were those? We're things? just like what at a stadium those? going straight and gay, coach. Straight. Yeah, okay, yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. yeah, right. Sure, sure. That one was like, oh, I hope he's gay. But, you know. Are you it's, sure, it's, Coach? Uh, Come on. Yeah. Tight you ends? think about tight ends it? Tight ends specialty? Come on. Wide receiver? Uh, I don't think so. But, you know, there, there is uh, there is some interesting stories that we found this year. Like, there was a, a young uh, couple of guys who played in, uh, you know, I think Division three college baseball, and they they – came out, did an article in the, you know, their local news that got picked up by some national outlets where they were just, you know, they fell in love playing baseball. They were on opposite teams. You know, the guy was like, one guy was sort of knew he was gay. The other guy hadn't really talked about it. And, you know, it's it's a great story. You know, you're just like, how bold these people can be. It was just a bummer that we're both pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> just to That's bring it back good, yeah. to a 90s joke I could, you know i can tell that you've been hanging out with all these marketing guys you know that's gonna go that's gonna go over well with the marketing guys. i mean if there is a a a, a a a section of the gay community that might be considered a little closed-minded or homophobic it is 40 plus wealthy white gay men are like oh yeah. certainly yeah, I'm like you no, almost it's... you're almost as bad as my toxic uncle i'm sorry yeah exactly you know and and this isn't also i should point out that like the world of gay softball is not toxic free you know? no like, right of course is... not and that's I mean, what's it... real it's like of course it's not all oh, people some gay people are assholes you know yeah, some... exactly <laughs> and and a lot of gay people are assholes and they exclude each other based on how the other people look and right. they only want to talk to people that they want to have sex with or you know whatever it is dude it challenges you know my whatever the hell you know prejudices that i have against people like i get out there and i'm like wow yeah i guess i really you know i'm not as open-minded as i think i am because i'm like gravitating you know of course towards you know the boys that You're i want to touch yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. here i am back to sexually harassing people <laughs> oh, i'm gonna get i'm gonna get kicked out of the league they're like hey we heard you on gay hey a bunch of us gay softball players listen to high and mighty and we are you know, like whoa i had no idea I was really worried. I had the first the first episode that I did out of the closet sports. I was talking about the league and I was talking about playing and like we have like there are managers in the league and this is like it sounds like the most self-hating behavior possible, right? We have this team, it's like mostly gay people. There's a couple of straight guys. Well, my manager in particular, he found he like goes to work, like he works at a school and he like he'll talk to somebody like, "Yeah, you play you play softball?" Like I said, "Yeah, I play." "Oh, how how well do you play?" Like he finds the best softball players he can find in his life straight guys and then convinces them to come play in the league so like they play like half our games and then the playoffs come and all of a sudden like the middle of our lineup is just these like jack straight dudes and <laughs> like, like ringers yeah, hetero yeah, ringers that's so yeah, funny exactly and i'm like yeah i don't know something feels i love winning but it feels kind of icky and then i was like yep they're gonna hear this they're gonna hear me talking about this on the podcast and that's gonna be it but they gave me the MVP trophy, so I guess Ooh, I'm, hell I'm yeah. still in their good graces. Yeah, proud of that. Uh, that makes me think uh, the rugby league that I played in uh, in New York City, we played a bunch of, you know, uh, seaboard and tri-state area uh, club teams. But there was a rule that only like seven of your starting 22 or 10 of your starting 22 could be international because okay. of that, like some... 
and apparently that's how my team, the Village Lions, uh, my old club, it started by the bartender at the bar, the village. A guy, a, an Irish guy, moved to New York, bought a bar called the uh, the Village Lion, wanted to make a rugby team, and just started bringing other Irish guys from Ireland that were good at rugby and being like, <laughs> "I can get you a job as a bartender, busboy, or bouncer, depending on your skills, and then you'll play on my rugby team." And then he put up a side of like fifteen Irish nationals, and it's like. Okay, if it's going to be in this like American league, it's got to be. We can't. So that there's always this count constant balance of like, well, we have four Kiwis and four Aussies starting. We can't. And so it's going to, I feel like the gay league is going to end up being like, you're allowed to have four straight guys in the starting nine. Yeah, That's it. Four exactly. straight people. <laughs> yeah, but I, I guess it's a little a little easier to test a passport than it is to uh, <laughs> to test somebody's gayness. It's like, all right, we need to we need you to prove that you're gay. So uh, we're going to need <laughs> yeah. your, you know, your, your hot shortstop is going to have to come behind the bleachers. And I mean, imagine like, yeah, like you get brought in front of like the league tribunal and you have like these yeah. three obvious straight ringers being like mm -hmm. well i uh, one time when i was jerking off i thought of henry Cavill, and it's like okay <laughs> okay you know you know the I, q um, the q is a big umbrella yeah. <laughs> so we've we've reviewed your instagram and we noticed the complete lack of posts about beyonce madonna there uh, is one an post abundance about of Taylor's shirtless abundance of shirtless gym <laughs> pics, which puts you yeah. puts them in the positive category here. Which we appreciate, but do not <laughs> indicate homosexuality. Therefore, the board has decided a little tiny hammer. <laughs> <laughs> straight <laughs> i swear i swear i'm gay i promise i think i could do it i'm at least bi <laughs> that's what we need this is this, this is so meta we've gotten to the place where we've got the straight people begging to be identified as gay please please there is there feels like me old man me feels like there is a little bit of that like in certain like creative communities of like well I'm, you know i'm i'm you know and i'm like okay i feel like you're getting like my friend Mono always accuses me of having stolen by valor is what he says. He's like, you like you're just flirty enough and just like, you know, do enough, make enough choices and act a certain way that, you know, it's like, you know, by baiting or you're stunned. I'm like, I, OK, I'm sorry. I love that. I will not baiting. suck dick. Is all, OK. That's all you're going to yeah. hear from me. That's where I draw the line. That to me is too gay. Oh, he sucked my dick. I'm not gay. I told you it was too gay for me to suck dick. Getting my dick sucked by buff men. Come on. Come on. I what was I supposed no? to do? Look, the steam, the steam, the Equinox and Chelsea had the best machines. It worked with my schedule. It was closest to my home. I can't help what happened in the steam room. David Barton just has better squat racks. Wow, <laughs> that, David, that's a throwback. That we were was, just talking about. That yeah. was one of my first real eye-opening experiences. I bet. <laughs> Opened a lot of eyes. <laughs> no, just the idea of... Like, and again, I'm in my early 20s, new to uh, move to New York City. I mean, from Long Island, which is 50 years away, but 45 minutes. Yeah. Move there. I um, immediately join theater doing UCB, which has got an abundance of like, I now have quadrupled the amount of gay people I know in my life. And, it's and so you're in Chelsea. And I'm, and I'm in Chelsea. And I'm yeah. walking from the to the train in Chelsea, going out for drinks after UCB in Chelsea all the time. So I'm getting a little more steeped in gay culture and gay bars. And then I make this connection about the gym. And to me, the gym as a meathead growing up on Long Island was like a, a, a very masculine thing to do. 
And now yeah. is when that's when I put together that masculinity and homosexuality are not separate. Like, for, I mean, for some people it is, but for some, I'm like, it came to me and I was just like saying things like, well, who better to understand the male form than someone who looks at it <laughs> with the, a, a different gaze than I do? And I'm looking yeah. at buff guys growing up. I was like an Arnold Schwarzenegger, Van Damme. I'm like, who's buffer? Who's got a better body? Who can fight better? Like, I want to be buff. I'm looking at muscle magazines. All this stuff that I'm thinking is like super macho. And then I walked, and and then David Barton Jim was like this, the thing that like linked those two thoughts in my head. I walked past it one day <laughs> and saw like six handsome men walking in with gym bags at like 10.30 p.m. And I'm like, yeah. all these guys are going to work out. And like, my gay buddy's like, yeah, they're all there to work out. And I'm like, yep. oh, my God, why would? And I'm like, and, and then one other eye-opening gay culture thing was a friend of mine was like, yeah, me and my husband are in an open marriage. And I was like, oh, that's wild. I could never do that with my wife. And he goes, yeah, because you're not two men. And I was like, oh. And he's like, right. Don't you think like men have a certain? And I'm like, oh, my God. And then it all like. Came, like I like just this whole you know in the 80s and 90s you're like oh gay guys are kind of like women and then when you get older you're like no they are men who fuck men it's the only yeah. difference like that's what they yeah. are <laughs> entirely entirely and I do think you, you'll find more and more you know there I've heard more and more straight couples that are uh, experimenting in non-traditional, you know, non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy is a huge thing now. Like oh, there's yeah. dating apps now that are specifically designed for couples Field that are like looking that for a third. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, I mean, I've heard of, I've heard of it. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard of it. <laughs> I downloaded very, very it just active. for research for an interview once. That's all, babe. Yeah, just, just research for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I, there is like also some, there's like a weird, it's a weird intersection right to think that like i grew up in this world where like sports and masculinity and all this stuff was so exclusive and then if i of of gayness right it just was like you're not welcome here anything right. that is perceived as the least bit gay is going to be called out and shunned and then if you like on an on a you know an average day if you go to the place where like the most physical fitness the most sporty activity is happening in New York City you're also going to find like the highest you know uh concentration, concentration of, of gay, gay people yeah, yeah. just hanging out yeah. and like yeah sure i mean like it is did did we need to turn every steam room into a sex dungeon I don't I don't think we did. You know, and this is going to get me in trouble. You know, I'm no longer going to be allowed to to go into any gay bars now that I've said this. I I do think like as much as I've had a good time in a lot of these establishments, do I think we've crossed the line a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Funny, funny I remember there's there was a bar on 8th Avenue or 9th Avenue in Chelsea called Jim and they were like, oh, yeah, gym bar. Yeah. yeah and people were like, there's a locker room there. I'm like, at the bar? They're like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's fucking awesome. <laughs> like, I, not for me, but I love the idea that that fucking exists. And like, just get, I, I now live in uh, and have been for like over a decade living in West Hollywood. So yeah. I, I'm a little steeped in Boys Town uh, a little bit over here. And I go to a gym right here in the heart of Hollywood and uh, in the heart of WeHo. And, when I did the tour for the gym, because I was trying to find a new gym, I wanted something close. The owner is taking me around and he's like, and we have plans to expand and put a sauna in here. 
showers downstairs and and then he goes and he goes um and me and my husband we both separately managed the equinox in west hollywood so our showers will be single stall we're not doing that again they were like older 40 something year old <laughs> game they were like we're not doing this again not at yeah. this gym this gym's going to be about working out and it was really and he was like uh, and and i could tell he's like putting feelers out for me i'm like I am a classic over the plate heterosexual, but appreciated. Like, like I'm not yeah. like I, I'd be fine in a steam room. I think, like you know, but whatever. <laughs> but it was like I, I, I was like, that's not something I even thought to think about. And he's like, and he said it like he had been through like Woodstock or something. He's like, we are not doing that again. Like, <laughs> I have seen it all. Right, right. I've been to Warren back again. And you saying like, <laughs> did we do, do we need to do it at every gym? Is maybe not true, but it's the best gyms are like the fucking <laughs> gyms made for the best gyms for me. A man are always gyms that are populated by gay dudes because it's like the weights and cardio and saunas and all the shit. That men yeah. like who it doesn't matter yeah. besides who we fuck, we agree yeah. on everything else fitness wise. <laughs> like uh, yeah. the only limitation, we, and then my gym also has the women who feel safe training in like sports bras and short shorts there because it's all gay guys and just like six straight dudes at any given moment. It's like happy to be here. <laughs> I am really curious what the what the lesbian steam room culture is. Like I don't I I haven't ever asked if it goes down. I I'm that's like interesting. I, I'm very curious about I mean, I'm, of course, I'm I very might. curious about that. <laughs> of course you are. I've been no, curious about my, that since I was 14. Yeah. <laughs> in my mind, like, you know, it's just like the, it's it's not the same thing where, like, you know, it's really going down. It's a little women more are just like, a, Not to overgeneralize, but uh, uh, women are a little more... Uh, polite or uh, gentle <laughs> sure. or uh, or yeah. whatever whatever the word you want I, i'm going to say it and i don't mean this with any judgment women are just a little less disgusting in general truly <laughs> in my in my fantasy of a of a lesbian steam room well i can show like... you the drawings of my fantasy of a lesbian steam room <laughs> yes, like, please, I mean, please. it's all over my notebook <laughs> i just see like the one you know the one woman just sitting there just all out in the open making eye contact and saying hello to everyone. Like the sort of alpha female of like... Yeah, yeah, just emotional manipulation. Just like, how are you? <laughs> Did you have a nice workout? Yeah, yeah. If, if, to keep the stereotype up, there's like one artsy lesbian with some uh, uh, line, tat line drawing tattoos and like fogged up <laughs> glasses that she has to keep wiping. And she's like a little <laughs> nervous around this like alpha stud lesbian. <laughs> Oh, the wiping the glasses in the steam. That's always the thing that gets me. Like I wear contacts and I in my days of really as an as an active steamer, I will say, in my day of being an active steamer, I would like sometimes I would forget. That feels to, like to something that's on. on a field profile. Like yeah. active steamer. Active steamer. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm down for uh, anything. I'm versatile, switch, uh BDSM, active steamer, whatever you'd like. <laughs> Having an active steamer meetup this weekend at the Equinox on 72nd Street. Um, Just one know, weird, uh, like, old straight dad is there in, like, Arcteryx, not understanding, like, what everyone was, <laughs> what the post was about. I feel like if you live in New York and you're a man and you go to a gym, like, you just know. Yeah. You just know. And and the guys that, like, the straight friends of mine that complain to me about it, I, I just am like, why are you complaining? Like, what, like... You know, you knew when you got there, you're still going. 
Yeah. Is it I wanna, fun? I want to say, and I don't know if this is like the right or polite thing to say, but I want to say to like straight guys who have that complaint, it's like, bro, we're on their turf. <laughs> like yeah. the, the gym, <laughs> the gym belongs to gay men. Like we, we are in visiting. my world yeah, now. Exactly. <laughs> yes. This is my world. Welcome. <laughs> Harvey Firestein is the I, epitome Hi, of Jim. How are you? You're in my world now. Uh, that You're makes me it. think of one of the that movie Boiler Room that all my fucking mouth breathing, you know, finance friends loved growing up. There's a line yeah. in that where Scott Kahn like yells at some gay guys at the next door table. He's like, they should put all you queers on an island uh, somewhere. And the gay guy responds, honey, you're on it. Like because they're in Manhattan, <laughs> yeah. And I was yep. like, that was like another moment for me. I'm like, oh yeah, the city is sort of theirs as well. Like it's too, the city is just too much of a melting pot for any one person to claim like this type of person doesn't belong there. And I just was the uh, realest thing of like, yeah, Manhattan is fucking gay, dude. Like if there's two gay neighborhoods. Like that's a lot. <laughs> right. You know, well, Hell's if you throw Hell's Kitchen in there, you got probably got three now. Oh, yeah. There's a, you know, there's way you, you got you definitely got Chelsea and Hell's Kitchen. And you you West have Village to include the West Village. For like the older right? generation. Um, yeah. Hey, Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why I for the last uh I don't know Three years, two years, two to three years. I've been drinking AG1 every day. No exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel ready to take on the day. I talk about it all the time, but I just love a simple, easy step to kick my day off in a healthy direction. And with AG1, since each serving delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful healthy habit that's also powerfully easy to get going. Um, I'm getting essential brain, gut, and immune health support with the vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from uh, normal food, uh, you know, from my my whole foods and stuff like that. But I know with AG1, I'm also covering some other bases that I'm, I'm filling in some gaps. And um, I do it first thing in the morning because... Uh, I like to do that. It gets me 12 ounces, 12 to 16 ounces of cold water. Um, first thing in the morning, you know, you, you just spend eight hours sleeping or seven hours uh, sleeping. And then boom, you wake up and you're ready to rip. You're thirsty. Your body needs fluids. And then you doom, you get your water, you get AG1 and your whole day is ready to go. Everything you've done so far today has been healthy choices. You keep linking those all together till you go to bed, and boom, you've had yourself a truly healthy day. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, come on. It's AG1. You hear the ads? That's why I've partnered with them for so long. They got the goods. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs. With your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash mighty. That's drinkag1.com slash mighty. Check it out. To be the old man, we're both 82. Uh, uh, to be the old man, it feels like the younger generations, the 20s, the kids who are in their 20s now, is like, 
there's less delineation between gay and straight. It feels exactly. like it feels like yeah. it's more like I we, I was just talking about this with other old straight uh, male friends of mine. Well, that's a good cross section. <laughs> yeah, you know, just <laughs> sitting there. What? How, how do you guys feel about? But you'll like meet young people who are like, "This is my boyfriend." Like a woman will say, "This is my boyfriend," and the boy, the guy in general in this conversation would be what if if they acted this way in the or looked this way in the nineties, you'd be like, "This is a gay man." Like this is like, yeah. I, as far like all the all the signs that I, you know, developed the stereotypes, whatever you want to call them. I, I want to frame, and I'm like, but he just, gay doesn't mean like, this is what the one thing we do. And you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. such a, and I'm like, it's so eye opening to see like younger generations of like, yeah, we're both bi and we're married or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, like that's all like blows. Like that's all so new to me, but it's it, like, yeah, you're old. Yeah. We're old. Yeah. That's, that's when I feel the oldest when I, when I start talking about this stuff. Oh, well that, and like, you know, pop culture, of course. Oh yeah. Or, yeah, like, but, uh, well, yeah, I think no, of my anytime. dad and my dad being like me having to say to my dad, I'm like, I don't think gay guys are what you think they are anymore. And now I have to like think gay people aren't what you think they are anymore. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no. there's more letters than ever before. And like, it's just not as big of a deal. It feels like, I mean, I, I have a smaller sample size as someone who lives in metropolitan areas and works in arts and entertainment. So like my yeah. sample size is specific, but as far as I can tell from the younger generation, none of that shit matters to them. Like, no, I don't they think have, so. like, they have strong identities that, and that matters to them that I am, they are blank, but they have no, it's like, you know, this is our friend group. Like this is my partner. We are both have these, super specific identities but it doesn't matter to us this is who this is who we have and i'm like that's so fucking like that's great it's objectively wonderful but it is so new and cool like it's yeah. like feels utopian in some way like as the world a, is burning a, all around us but yeah yeah exactly <laughs> it's all burning the ground but at least we're deconstructing <laughs> traditional masculinity you know like at, at least, least look at least. The, the, the penguins don't have anywhere to go but you know you can wear those high-waisted pants and still have a girlfriend and yeah. everyone's cool with it i mean i'm i'm benefiting from it greatly you know like i'm i'm wearing bikini briefs and sarongs at the beach and like no one is just automatically assuming i'm gay and you know what i mean like there's dude, just a sarong is a beautiful item oh dude when you feel that breeze it's come on nothing I, compares i was first i love wearing a, a speedo or a budgie smuggler at the beach or at the pools and i would always wear board shorts over them for like walking around or going to order food or something like that I always felt like i do that too. i should probably cover yeah. up then i was just like in Polynesia, in uh, Tahiti and and Bora Bora and the, those islands, and a lot of the dudes, the Polynesian dudes, were wearing like sarongs or even short sarongs, like knee length sarongs over bikinis and stuff. And I was like, "That's my next step. Forget boardies. Yeah. That's a better yeah. choice." And now I'm pushing it. Like if I like I, when I wear that shit around <laughs> my family at home in Montauk, Long Island, you know, my nephews have questions. Why are your toes painted? Why do you have the little bathing suit on and i love being that the hollywood uncle of like well because i like color and that's why yeah, i yeah. have orange toes you know because <laughs> i'm stealing bisexual valor there's no way i yeah. can really explain this to a six-year-old 
it's all good for them to see. You yeah, know? Like they're they're out there and they're looking at you know Travis Kelsey making friendship bracelets, you know, with his phone number on it and, and giving them to Taylor Swift at the concert. Yeah, you know, like that kind of thing, that like simping, you know, that is non traditional masculinity. Like this is this is a dude who in in all every way that he presents, right? He's like a big burly tight end yeah. on like keeps a his really lines tight on his haircut he's a yeah physical beast. football yeah, player yeah. yeah exactly and he's out there just like openly going to make an overture i mean i have a lot of friends that are swifties and one in particular and she goes off about this because she thinks like this is the thing that makes that relationship so important and why the culture is responding to it the way that they are is because he totally put himself out there yeah publicly yeah, he just like he he admitted to it and you know, he made one of those silly little bracelets that they all give each other and that's how he tried to get her attention and it worked. I know. So you bet they're taking notes. You know these all these dudes are sitting there taking notes thinking like, "Oh yeah." It's yeah, so okay, funny. Can... It's so funny to hear like even anecdotally all the people are like, "They keep cutting away to Taylor Swift." It's like she's more famous than every single person on the field. <laughs> like, Combined. like, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. I, like, it would have to be a very specific team for the per for anyone even on the field to be close to her level of fame. Like, there's just, it's just not true. Like, and it's like she, I, I look. A lot of people like you know crazy right wingers think it's like an op for Biden. And I think if anything, it's a little. It benefits the NFL so much in a way that makes that puts my little cynical capitalism hairs up on end where I'm like the, the NFL is like last year they had a guy like die on the field and everyone's like is the like they brought him back to life uh, knock on wood that we never see it again but it's like yeah. we the NFL is it gone is it too old is it gladiatorial the next year it's like Hey, one of the most the number one like recording artist of uh, of current times who happens to have an insanely fervent female fan base is dating an NFL player. Oh, is he on the championship team? You betcha. And, and, <laughs> I mean, he also is gorgeous and like funny yeah. and charming, and he's got a good relationship with his brother. He's got he's like on paper like a dream husband, like a dream boyfriend. I totally get it, but there it, it does seem like. Him, Taylor, and the NFL all benefits. Maybe it's just so perfect in that way. But there's a touch of cynicism in me where I'm like, if this is staged, I will fucking flip out. I will. Oh, dude, I'm right there with you. But <laughs> I like it. It, it is an, the, an article came out the other day that said uh, they. It's you know all of this shit is ep estimates. You know, so right. you, again the, the capitalism thing, right? It's like, is it real money or are we talking like projected earnings? But they said that the NFL and the Kansas City Chiefs have have increased their value by like three hundred and thirty something million dollars just as a result of Taylor Swift. I I know, like just like cheap like Kelsey jerseys alone, like. So went up like four hundred percent in like the first week. Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. people are going nuts. It's awesome. Like and, if, if football needed to be more popular in in the in my area. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean football has like it has given its it's given itself every chance to die over the last right. twenty years. Like what they allow those players to do to their wives and their partners with no repercussions. The way that they allow them to like literally brutalize themselves. Yeah, to put their lives on the death. line. 
or like you know to to sell army ads or whatever to put yeah. uh, to have younger poor people put their lives on the line for imperialism and all that shit yeah exactly the way they completely sold out their own players you know kaepernick and that whole situation yeah. i mean they just they continue to and then like you said last year i mean that was like a devastating that was an awful thing to happen and it should not happen and we should not have like a, a system set up in our country where we're like, yeah, no, this is a totally fine thing. We're just going to keep, we're going to keep doing it. It's not going to happen again. Don't worry about it. Like if that <laughs> happened in any other area, unless it involved guns, like people would have freaked out and we would put a stop to it right away. Right, right. But you know, so then like you said, here we are, you know, we've got, now we've got them back in the, looking like the golden boys once again, thanks to Taylor Swift. We, it was powerful. We briefly had Michael Sams, who was a gay NFL player an out gay That's NFL right. player. Uh, but you heard a few of those like fucking classic, like, you know, it's too much. We need to focus in the locker room. Like we can't have like the buzz. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. it's like, we'll sign Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> we can't yeah. have Colin Kaepernick. He's too much of like a media lightning rod. And it's like, but you'll take Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Who calls yeah. Jimmy Kimmel yeah. a pedo or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll take this we guy who bag- slapped someone on camera. We'll take this guy who's, you know, maybe like- uh, he's been on trial for manslaughter, but this gay guy might bring too much like weird eyeballs onto the, and it's like listen to what you're saying. Also, yeah. if you're a truly a coach and you just really only care about winning, yeah. and a gay guy is very good at uh uh wide receiver or you know uh, uh, long snapper, you're not going <laughs> to fucking leave this guy on the IR. You're not going to leave this guy on the table, this person on the table. And that's what drives yeah. me fucking crazy is that it's like if we if we opened that up a little bit I first of all someone in the NFL is gay right now like there's at Without minimum one person Without is gay a doubt. yeah <laughs> like it just can't be that many men and not have one of them be homosexual it's just like nearly yeah. impossible well, we had a couple seasons ago at Carl Nassib, right? He, oh, yeah. He played uh, both for the Raiders, and I think he was on the Niners when he came out. And then and then I think he got traded to the Raiders, and he played his last season, though. I was just talking to my buddy, and I was like, I hope he comes back in. He was like, dude, if you looked at his Instagram, he was like posting pictures of him and his partner on the beach. This was like a month before the season started. I'm such an idiot. I hadn't even put it together. He's like, he's not playing football anymore. Right. Like, he's literally <laughs> on a beach with this like hot dude. He like, is he's what done. they call living his best life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you'd like to think that these, you know, that. but I, I don't know. I do think that that co- coaches and organizations like that, like they are very sensitive. Like capitalism is king. They are very sensitive to anything rocking the boat. There's too many like shareholders involved, like for yeah. like a coach to be like, you know, like there's like, uh, we keep hearing things like the first woman uh, coach in this position in the NFL. And it's like, you don't need to have played in the NFL to be a coach. Like, so if, if this woman understands you know why you know special teams she could be the special teams coach like like it's not like and every i think every step of the way that just chips uh, chips at like what they believe this story and when people come in the and hell doesn't swallow the stadium the super bowl stadium when a gay quarterback (laughs) plays like every time that happens like it it and there's so 
and the NFL is so it's it's such a microcosm of like society in a way with like the yeah. moneyed people up in a high thing watching the games and making more money than anyone out there who are making a ton of money but are risking their lives and their livelihood and their and their futures for the entertainment of people who are spending a lot of money to watch like there's just so much money being thrown around that to shut off that money hose when you go to TD AmeriCorps uh, thing for the U.S. Army uniform night to raise money for the Breast Cancer Foundation for blank. It's like if if a gay guy makes two people shut off the TV, which it could like that's in the owner's mind and that's what bothers yeah. me it's like all this like yeah. everything's just the fucking bottom line at the end it's not actually about winning it's not actually about x's and o's like everyone wants to pretend it is it's about no. dollar signs and that's and that's yeah. fucking that's frustrating that they to pretend it's not to pretend it's like and they're not going to lose you're you're not going to lose audience no. i mean it, it, like look at all the insane things that have happened and like we pointed out i mean football is gay right like it is gay you would arguably they, like like taylor swift is bringing in eyeballs and, yeah. and all of a sudden you had like a female pop star who had a huge uh female and gay fan base you would be like that's going to make football a little gayer all it's done is make football more popular it has not yeah. changed. No one is coming out of the closet because Taylor Swift is at a Chiefs game. Like, <laughs> but like, it's only made it more popular. This is such a stupid example, but me and my wife and our best friends, uh, two gay guys who are married, went to go. We went to Vegas together, and we went to go see Thunder from Down Under, like the all male oh, Aussie yeah. like uh, dance review. Thought it'd be fun and goofy, and it was. But something that drove me crazy was the dancers up there always were saying shit like, ladies, let's get people, wet, you know, like making stools wet, making like just all this stuff that was very, very heteronormative. And I'm yeah. looking around and I, I'm probably one of three straight guys there, but there are a dozen men there, groups of what seems yeah. to be a group of gay guys out for the night. And I'm looking up there and I'm like, is your homophobia literally preventing you from selling more tickets? Like capitalism should work in in on behalf of uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, diversity, open mindedness, or yeah. whatever. Or on behalf of the gays? Yeah, yeah whatever. However you want to say because it. Because it's like you're men dancing with six packs and jeans. Like you can double your audience if you just throw lack of a better term, a bone to the gay guys. Like, yeah. all you have to say is like, and I know I, we got yeah. some boys out there too. They'll go fucking <laughs> ape shit for that. But these guys- That's not a knife. This is a <laughs> knife. <laughs> None of them are Australian. There's like one Australian guy who they make the MC, obviously. So he does all the talking, but no one else really. But I, I just couldn't get over it. I'm like, you're so, like, you're so- not open-minded to the idea of gay guys watching this, but you are an all-male dance review that dances in, like, jeans and cowboy belts and oils yourself up and, and like, does your hair and do makeup and self-tan, like, but you are, like, won't acknowledge men in the crowd? If you did, you might make way more fucking money. Gay guys Most drink likely. well and party hard, and 
because of the way the, the the way the world has been for so long, gay guys have you know transformed neighborhoods and cities. Like gay people, I should say. Let me. I see. I, I, when I say guys, I, I I'm from the old school of like guys means everybody, but I'm trying to get that word out of my lexicon. Gay people change the vibe for positive in so many places. We copy. We being like a um, culture in general copy so much shit from gay people. Like they are the pioneers of so much stuff. And we're still like, <laughs> you better not fuck with football. It's like, no, yeah. please. What would football be if it had a huge gay fan base? I don't know, but I am so curious. <laughs> Probably better. <laughs> yes, obviously. Imagine the, un- the uniforms. I mean, let's not like we we think that gay people aren't already designing the uniforms. Right. You know, like that. That's part of it. It's like you can stay in the shadows. <laughs> right. You can right? behind you can, the scenes. You could be the yeah, the production yeah, we, designer, but you can't. We be can't the have star. you out front. Yeah, yeah. We can't have you, and you know. I mean, they're. I don't like you, you halftime shows, right? This is you know something that that I, I I love talking about because it's pretty gay. I mean, I don't want to say that like straight people are not allowed to enjoy it, but like you're talking about getting you know these iconic pop stars out there, having them you know dressed to the nines. You've got like thousands of dancers Three costume and people changes, around dancers, them. Yeah, it's thematic. You know, like the Madonna right. did it, like you know. If, if Madonna's doing your halftime show, you're admitting that you're courting gay people. I'm sorry. Yeah, of, of course. <laughs> no, did you did you watch that one? I, I mean, that was... I did, because it was during a Giants game. Yeah. I was just going to say, you're a Giants fan, right? So it was during a Giants <laughs> yeah. game, so you watched it. But I mean, that that one was rough for me. I mean, she was like 54 or something like that She was like still dropping it, but I, yeah. She it w- was, but she, she remember she had to walk. She had these really tall boots on. Mm-hmm. And she had to like walk down these giant steps that they built for her, and she slipped and she almost fell. It gave me a little and anxiety just, watching it. Yeah. It gave me a ton, of, and I was just like, "Girl, like, can you just like sit on a floating bed and like let them carry you around and just like you know whip them or what you know whatever you need to do to like make it look like you're still powerful?" I was like really freaked out by that, but certainly that was an homage to the game right it's like you're probably at a super bowl party like it would be like putting I, like in, in the tony awards like something to for like straight baiting at halfway through you're like the tony yeah, awards exactly. breaks down halfway through and it's like an mma fight <laughs> you're like thank yeah, you exactly. you know who this is for yeah. just a, a, fo- a five minute football game in the middle of the tony awards like this you know, is for the rest of quarterbacking? you i knew it <laughs> no he's definitely playing the wide receiver yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Neil. But yeah, I mean, you know, did did you you didn't did you go to Madonna's concert? No, I didn't. My wife had I've been I saw Madonna in con, uh confessions in like 06 or 07 at Madison Square Garden and that was an yeah. am, an amazing show. Uh I love her so much, but she's like coming out like 3 hours late and she just looks insane yeah. and you just want to say like Dude, you got so much going. For, I mean, if that's what you want to do, I guess what I'm. Who am I to say? I, I want her. Like, I, I think I'm feeling the same thing as you, Zachary. Sorry to cut you off, but tell me if you feel the same way. I want her to be able to just relax if that's what she wants. Like, I feel yeah. like some people feel the need. Like, you know, you're just like, if I, I hope you're okay enough, like mentally and financially, that if you wanted to just not do this, you didn't have to. If you want to, go for it. It's going to be a little anxiety inducing or maybe it's a little, yeah. you know, the shine is off the the luster's off the shine with a little bit of uh, how old. <laughs> but 
If you really want to do it, go for it. I'm not here to stop you. You're going to sell $500 tickets and sell out stadiums. It doesn't matter. But I, I want but you to be r- able to just live in a castle in uh, Prague if that's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if it's really going that well, like, why are you three hours late? Yes. You know? right. <laughs> like, why, exactly. why? Like, I get it. All right. You want to do an hour? Like, oh, that's so cool. Madonna, an hour late. She's got so much going on. But three hours, I just really, I really don't know if that was that was necessary yeah but anyway <laughs> you know the poor poor thing i hope she's doing all right now uh, i'll I report back at... after my wife goes I'll, I'll i'll find out what she thought of the madonna show yeah well tell your wife to bring snacks because I'm yeah you have, she has got low blood sugar too. you gotta you gotta comfort yeah <laughs> you gotta bring snacks are you excited for usher uh i'm exactly yeah exactly who is excited for Usher? It feels like one of those like decision by committee things where it's like he will offend the least amount of people or something like that, you know? I guess so. I I'll, all I because uh, he's not like my, my mom highlights. when they do shit that I'm like, oh, I see, like that. My mom would be excited to hear Bruce is yeah. doing the halftime well, show or you too. The last time the Stones did it, and they were like, even then they could barely walk, right? You know, and you were like, oh yeah, okay, but I can see like who they're doing this for. Yeah, it makes sense for like NFL fandom, like. Usher, yeah, but then they always do the thing like even with the Madonna one, they threw out you know Nikki and MIA and um, uh, what's his name from The Voice, uh, whatever. Oh, uh, uh, not the the not the country guy. No, no, was it the, him? no. Uh, fuck you and da, da, da. I wish I could, oh. I, I can't think of that guy's name. The black dude, Bruno Mars. No, not, oh no, CeeLo. CeeLo, yes, CeeLo Green. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. He was out and there. he was out there yeah. too. So I'm I'm sure they're gonna dress Usher up with some multi generational people to like you know like sure yeah, he's gonna have some he's cameos. got a song right now with her yeah she uh, uh, H-E-R that's in the will color purple yeah sure. she's yeah. got to be there yeah. but I hope I hope Little John I mean look that song that yeah song all I know is like the first night of my life I ever did cocaine. It was my 21st birthday. I was at the University of Michigan. Go Blue, national champion. Hell yeah. And I was For like, listeners, Zachary walk- has a Wolverine shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. And we we were walking across the Diag, and I it was like that night I like didn't want to go out drinking. I was like too tired. And my buddy was like, try this. And the next thing you know, I'm just like, this is the greatest night of my life. So I'm just screaming. You're definitely 82 yeah, yeah. because when, yeah. when that little John song came on in college, that shit was like... We were about to get fucking yeah. turnt in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the only other thing I really remember about Usher is that he got colonics. Like, there was this whole thing that came out about him because he was always dancing shirtless and he had great abs. And they were like, oh, yeah, before every performance, Usher gets a colonic. And that was the first time I heard about that. And I was such a you know internal homophobe at that point. I was like, that's so gay. I can't believe it. Do you imagine? It's so gay. Imagine sticking something up your butt. Before imagine every show, Usher does seven gay. days of the bottom diet. You're like, wait, what? <laughs> it's for performance and now only. I'm like, wait, hold on. How does that work? You can do that and then what? Mm, maybe I need to find one of those for my for my house. Well, I don't know. I hope he does well. I hope it's fun. I just saw today, I think Reba McIntyre is doing the, the national, anthem. national anthem. Awesome. I know yeah. she's getting another sitcom, which I'm excited about, too. Oh, good, yeah. good, good. She's so she good. And, but that also show. that... She's get that. That's a little gay, you know. Having <laughs> Reba come out there, it's a little gay. I get that it's like for the, you know, for the white country folks too. But like the fact that they're not self aware enough to realize that it's also for the gays. It's like for the people they actually hate. Like, like I love, I love Dolly Parton because she has huge knockers. It's like me yeah. too, bud. But 
uh, but, you know, are you familiar with Friends of Dolly, Friends of Darnley? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she did a halftime show on, I think it was a Thanksgiving, on the football game on Thanksgiving. She came out and she was dressed up. They had two halftime shows. One was, uh, oh, God, what's that guy's name? Um, oh, now I can't remember it. He's like a... a Oh, I'm not gonna be able to remember that guy. He he had a hit song, Jack Harlow. Yeah, yeah. Is that a person? That is a person. Yeah, he he had. <laughs> look, I'm so hip, 41 year old. What's what's his name? Mr. You Jack the Harlow. Guy. He's the yeah. hip hopper. <laughs> yeah, that's right, Jack Harlow. Well, he came out and like he was like standing in front of like a sheet. It looked like a like a iceberg, and he was like dancing, and it was it was so boring. And then you cut to the other channel, and it was like Dolly Parton like decked out in a dallas cowboy and i hate the cowboys but she looks so hot in this cowboys outfit and she's like 70 she's or out. something i'm like jesus yeah. christ she's still got there's this yeah dancers everywhere there's fireworks going off you're just like live girl like it was <laughs> it was really fierce uh so you know i again and that was pandering to the country crowd but it's Low key, leaving a, leaving a door open for the gays as well. Yeah, it's also very, very gay. The, anytime it's like you're just getting into pop music, that is like you know, a, that's like a, a gay fandom in a way. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and it's funny. It's called pop because it's like a style of music, but it's also majorly popular. <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course, exactly. the gays are steering that culture as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Uh, no, I was, I did a, I did like a dive, like looking at uh, <laughs> all the half halftime shows just because i was trying to talk about it on the podcast and i was like you know really curious as to the like the origin story of all this stuff and it is it, the origin of it is so gay it was like it was marching bands which is like fine but like the first like human that they had headline it was carol channing oh. in the 1970s like <laughs> hello you know what are we doing? Like if that's not for the theater folks, like I don't know what <laughs> exactly. is. They're just like, I. What are we going to do? We got to let's get the theater people to watch the Super. Who Bowl. knows live we'll performance Carol better than Channing. Carol Channing? Get her out there at the yeah. first Super Bowl performance. So awesome. Yeah, before that it was like all marching bands and shit. Then they were like, oh wait, yeah. hold on. <laughs> They did one in 1995 that was, uh, it was like Indiana Jones theme. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? It was like Tony Bennett and like a bunch of people, but it was like purely just an ad spot for Indiana Jones. They must have paid a lot of oh, money. They for had that. to have. Uh, and it wasn't even a good one. It was like Temple of the whatever, yeah, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull forbidden eye or something you know it was like it wasn't a good it wasn't like you know temple of doom or you know i mean it was probably uh what's the third one the last crusade if it was in the 90s right the sean Connery. yeah i don't i mean indy was the dog's name um Um, Zach, thank you so much for coming on High and Mighty. This has been a fucking blast. Uh, Dude, I had such a good time. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, why don't you tell, uh, you know, the classic quid pro quo of podcasting. Plug, yeah, plug what you there, got going uh, on. Let these people know where they can track down, your, find your shit and stuff like that. You can find me on Instagram at Zach Boothdorf. We got this great podcast, Out of the Closet Sports. There's 12 episodes up now. We're just talking about all things sports from the gay perspective. It's, it's funny. It's serious. It's 
pretty stupid, but we're having a good time, <laughs> that's for sure. And then, hey, if you haven't seen it yet, go check out Maestro on Netflix. I got a good part in that. It's a great movie about Leonard Bernstein. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, who do you play in yeah. it so people can seek you out? I play this uh, character, Mendy Wager. He's one of the, the friends of uh, Felicia and Lenny Bernstein. And then coming up on the 14th, I get to perform at New York Philharmonic. Me and Carrie Mulligan are going to sing a song together with the New York Phil. Oh, so that's so I'm, like, awesome. jazzed about that. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait. I'm going to rewatch the movie now that I know you as a human being. Uh, that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You'll be like, oh, that's that guy. Oh, dude, congrats, man. That's awesome. And that'll be Thanks. really fun. Tell Carrie I said hi. She doesn't know who I am, but just pass it along. No, I'll, I'll just play her. I'll just play her the podcast hey, in rehearsal. I'll like, just... like, like Garden State. I want you to listen to this. Yeah. Put on headphones and it's me going, <laughs> what's up, shitheads? You're like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I love it. Uh, as for me, listeners, you know where to find me. I got my other podcast, Action Boys. And check out 101 Places to Party Before You Die. Somehow still on Max. They haven't taken it down. Do not stop watching it. Let them know that we would love to do another. We only got to eight of the 101 places, so we have 93 more to do. Let, uh, help us out. Bye, <laughs> shitheads. That was a headgum podcast. In a part of the world where there are no rules. Holy shit. <laughs> Holy shit, guys. Holy I'm so pumped. I definitely have not watched this since I rented it on VHS in 92. Strangers united by the threat of death. We got all the fucking major players. Seagal. Vladimir Putin is a good man. Arnold. Here, come. Give it to me. I need you to cream pie me now. Stallone. People are loving this movie. It's actually, it's got a lot of heart. You're mentally irregular. <laughs> now... Somewhere, somehow, someone's gonna pay. I would fucking love for my wife to, like, see me rip a guy's throat out. But they didn't count on one thing. This movie's fucking insane. <laughs> it's how you know it's a good movie. You have to do almost all the work yourself to figure it out. Well, there's a fantasy component. Yeah. There's some yeah. sword fighting. There's some lightning. Bam, 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 bam. There's a new game in town. You wake up after a few years, and then you don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> We're going to be making Terminators. <laughs> We're going to make a really great deal with the Xenomorphs. <laughs> what? I don't hate them, but I've been in a room <laughs> Yes, I understand. This is now the 20th ending of the movie. I am dark. I'm your dad. <laughs> Action, boys. Boys will be boys. Subscribe here for bonus content and more free stuff from behind the paywall. To get new episodes, become a patron at actionboys.biz. Do it. Do it. Come on. Do it now. <laughs> <laughs>